You are listening to the weekly podcast from Journey Christian Church. For more information about Journey, please check out our website at journeychristian.com. We are a community of fully devoted disciples of Jesus who reach out to love our neighbors, serve the hurting, and develop leaders for ministry. All right. I love it. Good to see you. Good to have you. I want to welcome everybody joining us online as well as our Lake County campus. Good to have you as well. And if this is your first time with us, just honored and, and grateful that, that you're here and that you would spend a little bit of your time. Chances are the one thing we have in common is that we just want to experience God in a fresh new way. So even if you're brand new, you just need to know we've been praying for you. And uh, we've been in this series called Hidden Treasure. And uh, speaking of prayer, it's a three-week series on prayer. The very first week, if you, if you weren't here, we talked about prayers to Thanksgiving, that, that even in our deepest, darkest valley, there's still things to be grateful to God for. Amen? Amen. Then last week, we talked about abiding prayer. And what we talked about when it comes to abiding prayer, just sitting with God, that we become a work of God before we do the work of God. And then today, what we're talking about is asking prayer. In John 15, what Jesus talked about in John 15, towards the end of the passage that we talked about last week, Jesus says, now that you've been abiding, now ask me anything and it will be given to you. And so that comes from abiding, and then through abiding, we get the honor of being able to ask. And some of us have been asking for things from God our entire life, but there's no power because we've skipped abiding. But when we abide and then we ask, there's the power of the Holy Spirit, and it's incredible what God wants to do in and through your life. And so that's where we're going today is asking prayer. And if you missed past couple of weeks, we've uh, kind of been challenged with memorizing a verse. This is Luke 18, 1. It says this, always pray and never give up. We're going to say that together. Everybody online, Lake County, let's say it together. Always pray and never give up. Let's say it again. Always pray and never give up. Pop quiz, what's it say? Always pray and never give up. Y'all can still see it though. That was cheating. I'm not that big. Okay. Let's do it one more time. Not on the screen. Okay. One, two, three. Where's that found? And who said it? Jesus. Yeah, so, some people first service said Jesus, Luke, Michael. There's a lot of people that said it, you know? You can't get wrong. Yeah, Jesus said it. Luke was quoting him. It's from the book of Luke. Uh, and so, yeah, so always pray and never give up. I, I don't know what goes on in, in your prayer life. I don't know how you approach it. I kind of, maybe you're like me. I have a feeling you're like me, but I don't want to put that on you. But for me, I approach my prayer life kind of like I approach going to a restaurant or like ordering fast food. There's really only two things that I need God to do when I pray. One, I need him to answer immediately. Okay, so when you go out to eat, you want your food right away. Am I right? Oh my, hey, Lake County, um, online, we got a very patient group here at Apopka. They, they're okay with waiting for their food for a long Most people, they want their food right Away. Not only do you want your food right away, you want it what? You want it the way you ordered it. You want the correct order. And that's how I pray. God, I want you to answer my prayer right away. And I want what I ordered and nothing else. That's just me. Now, listen, we don't say that. I don't say that, but I kind of expect that. God, I need you to do it quickly and don't mess up my order. And that's why I can relate to this video. Now listen, some of y'all missed it. You're not sure, so let's, uh, let's watch that one more time. <laughs> <laughs> 
He thinks he missed the button. Gets mad. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, well, who is that? We protected his face. I didn't, I didn't want y'all to judge Pastor John like that, but that's Pastor John. And he, he clearly, retirement's not been good to him. He thought, man, I'm going to get some new golf clubs. I might as well break this putter. So I don't know if that reflects your prayer life. It's like, man, I just need to be patient. Listen, when we pray, we need to be patient because it's about God's timing and it's about God's way. It's not my way, my timing. It's God's timing and God's way. And before we start breaking some spiritual putters, let's just give God a moment. Let's give God a moment. So last week I talked about how 12 Stone Church impacted my prayer life. This was the church that I was at before I came to Journey. And I want to unpack a little bit why. The, the senior pastor, his name's Kevin Myers. Kevin Myers planted the church. He moved from Michigan to a, a suburb outside of Atlanta, northeast of Atlanta in Lawrenceville, Georgia, Gwinnett County. And he planted it in the early 90s. And, and after four years, he had some success, but that success quickly went downhill. He got up to about 300 people, and that slowly trickled down to 83 people. He, he lost all of his savings. He lost his house. He lost his cars. 83 people, everything going downhill. The finances of the church just completely sank. So now he lost his health insurance for him and his family. And then his daughter gets sick, costs thousands of dollars. And he just thinks, maybe I misheard God. Maybe I wasn't supposed to plant a church here. Clearly, I'm not the right person. I can't do this. I'm not effective. It's not working. And so we went back to the church that he was a pastor at before he moved to Georgia. He, went, he drove up to Michigan, met with his old boss, Wayne Schmidt, and he just had an honest conversation. He said, hey, this isn't going to work out. Is there any chance I can get my old job back? And coincidentally, they had an opening and, and Wayne, Wayne said, well, maybe, but not right now. He said, no, now's not a good time. I think God still has more for you in Georgia. And if you don't listen to this line, he said, if you don't have enough faith, you can borrow some of mine. And he sent him back to Georgia. Can you imagine how discouraged that trip from Michigan back to Georgia would have felt like? He was praying for one thing, but God gave him another. And so that Saturday, he comes and he, he prays like never before. God, would you please show up on Sunday like never before? I'm desperate. And then that Sunday, God shows up like never before. It was incredible. Complete move of God. And then on Monday, uh, Pastor Kevin's in his prayer corner. He says, God, would you do that every Sunday? And he felt like God whispered to him. He said, I'll do that every Sunday if you do what you did every Saturday. And from that point on, 12 Stone had a Saturday prayer service that happened from the early 90s to today. The church went from 83 people to nine campuses and over 18,000 people. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that cool? How? Because there was a man that knew that it was not on him. He was at the end of his rope, which meant he was completely dependent and desperate on God to move. And that's when God does his best work. Is when we get to the end of our rope, and sometimes it takes tragedy. Wisdom is when it doesn't take tragedy. That we become desperate and dependent before anything makes us desperate and dependent. That's where we kind of got this idea of amateur hour. 
Amateur hour is what we call uh, our, our prayer service on Wednesday, kind of jokingly, because we say in prayer, there are no experts. There's only amateurs. So every Wednesday, we've been gathering here at 11 o'clock. Anybody and everybody's invited. And we've just been praying. And I kind of got to see firsthand what that looked like at 12 Stone. So they have marked me. And I don't think I've shared that, that 12 Stone story with our, our staff or our, our Lake County campus pastor, Pastor Russell. I don't know if I've shared that. And the, the Saturday before this series kicked off, Hidden Treasure, he gathered a small group of people out in Lake County, and they just prayed that God would move in a fresh new way that Sunday. Well, let me just tell you, Lake County, God has been moving in a fresh new way the past several weeks. Why? Because there was a spiritual leader saying, hey, let's pray on Saturday. And then God said, I'm going to move on Sunday. It's not a coincidence. And so I want to give a shout out to our campus pastor, Pastor Russell, as well as everybody else out in Lake County. Love what God's doing in and through you. Absolutely incredible. All right, if you have your Bible, you can open up to Matthew 15. We're going to be in Matthew 15. It's the very first book of the New Testament, the first of the, one of the four gospels, Matthew 15, we're going to be 22 through 28. If you don't have a Bible at all and you would like to read one, uh, you can take the Bible that's in the seat back in front of you. That is our gift from us to you. So you can turn to Matthew 15. This is what it says. And if you don't have a Bible, everybody join us online. You can um, download Journey's app, Journey Christian Church app, or the YouVersion app to follow along. We're also going to have it on the screen. Let's jump in. It says this. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, meaning Jesus, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon possessed and suffering terribly. Now, listen, some of you are like, hey, that's probably a teenager. And I don't think that's appropriate to make that connection. It doesn't say teenager in scripture. It just says demon possessed and suffering terribly. Not all teenagers. So don't make the connection. Okay. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was only sent to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me. She said, he replied, it is not right to make the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is. Lord, she said, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master, their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. So you got this mom who's desperate for a miracle in her daughter. Desperate. And I don't know if you've ever met a desperate mom. You get out of her way, okay? And that's what's happened in this story. She asked Jesus for a miracle. Jesus' first response, silence. Doesn't even answer. You, you ever been there? Like, God, I need you. I'm desperate. I'm crying out. And there's just silence. And some of us, what we've done with our silence is we've taken our silence as God's answer and we stop praying. But what this mom does is she takes silence as keep praying. And she says, because I'm desperate, a silence from God is not acceptable. And so she keeps asking. And Jesus answer, her, once he finally answers, it's not an immediate yes. And it's almost this debate. And she keeps asking, she keeps knocking, she keeps seeking. And then Jesus says, your faith is incredible. Your daughter is healed. So let me ask you, what in your life is God's silence not acceptable? You, you've been praying, but you stopped praying because you think God answered your prayer, but he really was just silence, but you took his silence and you're no longer praying. 
Maybe it's for your family. Maybe it's for a business. Maybe it's for your kids. Maybe it's for health. I don't know what it is, but there is a shelf life on your prayers. And I think what we need to do today is take our prayers off the shelf, dust it off and bring our prayers back to God. So here's five takeaways we can get from the story in Matthew about asking prayer. The first one is this, pray. Some of you are like, well, that's easy. It's not easy for everybody. Pray. I, I think people are on two different sides of the spectrum on reasons why they don't pray. The first reason people don't pray, and and I love, listen, I love the posture of this. I just don't like the practice of it. This is the posture of people that don't pray. They're like, God is so big and he's so magnificent and I am not. And so because of that, I don't want to bother him with my problems. Great posture. Like I love the, the humility, the heartbeat. Like, yes, God is huge. He is reverent. He is all. We should look at him with wonder. But then he invites and he expects us to ask him. It's the right posture, but not the right theology. And God says, I invite you to ask me. I want you to ask me. So pray. Another one is, I remember hearing a story about President Franklin Roosevelt. He would have these long lines of people just waiting to shake his hand and say a quick hello. And he would do this time after time after time. And he had a theory that when he was talking to people, he had a theory that nobody was actually listening to him. He was like, every time I talk to him, it's like these people don't even hear what I'm saying. And so he wanted to try an experiment. This is a true story. And so he did this with a handful of people one day. They come up to meet him and And he said, I murdered my grandmother this morning. Next person, I murdered my grandmother this morning. I murdered my grandmother this morning. Over and over, he keeps saying it. Marvelous, that's great. Good job, keep up the great work. Hey, you're doing awesome. Until the ambassador of Bolivia came in. The ambassador of Bolivia, hears what he says, kind of gets taken back. The ambassador leans in and says, she probably had it coming. And I think sometimes one of the reasons we don't pray is we ask the question, does God even hear us? And that's a valid point. It's like, man, we feel like the president. We're like, man, does God even hear what I'm saying? We feel like this mom who's crying out and God is silent. And I just want you to know that just because Jesus didn't answer doesn't mean he didn't hear. And you need to know just because you didn't hear God speak doesn't mean he didn't hear you speak. God hears every word. Even when you can't seem to hear God, God hears you. Psalm 145, 18, it says this, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. Listen, God hears every cry. He sees your tears. He hears your shouts. Some of us wonder, can God even hear me? Yes, he hears you, so pray. The second thing would be this, pray repeatedly. Don't just pray, but keep praying. Keep praying. And we all know how this works, right? We were, we were young and we, we had parents at one time and we would go to the parents. Hey, hey mom, can I spend the night at Kyle's house? I, I don't know. I'll think about it five minutes later. Hey, hey mom, can I spend the night at Kyle's house? Hey, hey, hey mom, can I spend the night? Hey dad. And we just ask our parents, we wear them out until finally they're like, yes, you can spend the night. Not only can you spend the night, I'm going to help you pack. I'm taking you there right now. <laughs> like right now. Pray repeatedly. Luke eleven nine says this. So I, so I say to you, this is Jesus. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. 
Keep asking, keep praying, keep seeking, keep knocking. Especially if you hear silence. Silence is not a period, it's a comma. Keep asking, keep knocking. What we pray for is what we look for, and what we look for is what we often find. You see, this mom in Matthew, she had this interaction with Jesus. It was not acceptable to her not to get a response from God. Now listen, I mean a reverence response. She was reverent with Jesus, but she still kept knocking. Let me ask you, what prayer have you prayed that a silent answer from God is not acceptable? Some of us have accepted a silent answer, and so we don't pray that prayer anymore. But this woman was so desperate. Her need was so great that God's silent is what led her to keep knocking. And some of us today, that person we've been praying for decades ago, that thing we used to pray for, what we need to do is we need to keep knocking. So what have you stopped praying for? Or who have you stopped praying for? Luke 18, one says this, always pray and what? Never give up. The length of your time, the length of time you are willing to pray shows how much you value what you're praying for. The length of time you are willing to pray shows how much you value what you're praying for. I'm gonna accept God's no. If God gives me a no, I will accept it. But until he makes it crystal clear, I'm gonna give my, my best Regis Fieldman impersonation. I, I don't know if y'all remember the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire game show. There would be this game show and Regis would ask the contestants for an answer, but before he accepted the answer, he would have this phrase. Is that your final answer? And so I'm going to go to God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. And if I kind of think he answers something, I'm going to still go to him and say, God, is that your final answer? Because I'm going to keep knocking. I'm going to keep asking God, is that your final? And if he said, if it's crystal clear, yes, then I'm going to move. If he says to go right, but I want to go left, that's me trying to manipulate God's will. I don't do that. But if he's clearly told me to go right, I go right. But if he hasn't made it clear what direction, I'm going to keep knocking. And say, God, is that your final is that your final answer? Why? Because all throughout scripture, we see God's people respond when people keep knocking. This happened with Moses, Jeremiah, Jonah, Amos, over and over in scripture, we see God responding to people that kept knocking on the behalf of his people. You see, I believe God moves mountains. It says it in scripture, but I also believe prayer moves the heart of God. And so we keep asking. Third thing, that we learn from Matthew is this, pray specifically. James 4, 2 says, you do not have because you do not ask God. Pray specific. Why do we pray specifically? Because here's the thing. When you and I pray specifically, God gets the glory. When we kind of pray ambiguous, we can blame the results on almost anything. But when we pray specifically, it's more vulnerable, but he gets the glory. And God loves the glory. He gets, he gets the praise. You see, when we were first married in ministry, my wife and I had a couple kids, couple jobs each. We were running and gunning. Life was hard. Money was tight. We lived in this struggling apartment complex that we didn't feel like was ideal. And, and I remember our, our pastor did a series on prayer. And he says, if you could pray for one thing for a month, what would you pray for? over and over. Just keep knocking, keep knocking, keep asking. And I remember we were in debt and I felt convicted that we were in debt. I was in debt because my decisions, 
not blaming anybody else. It was my debt. Scripture tells us not to go into debt. And so I, I felt convicted. I said, God, I repented. Would you help me? And here's my one prayer. Would you open doors for us to live somewhere rent-free besides this apartment, which we are paying for? It's crazy. Like, it's, it was a stupid prayer. Where are you going to get a place to live for free? Like, it was just, it was an absurd prayer. Pray it for 30 days. Never prayed it before ever. Never prayed anything like that. Three weeks into our praying, I didn't tell anybody except my wife. We were praying. Nobody else knew. Three weeks into it, I sit down with a buddy of mine. And he said, hey, um, my father-in-law, I don't, I don't know if, why I'm telling you this, but my father-in-law, he has a house. It's in a nice neighborhood, but he keeps getting renters in it that just keep trashing the house and, it, and they're just destroying it. And he's, he's just had a bad, he doesn't want renters in there anymore. He wants somebody that he can trust that would take care of it. And this is somebody that's not, they don't, they don't go to our church. They're not believers, the father-in-law. And he said, I, I think maybe if y'all two connected, I think if you were to clean up the place, I, I think he'd give you a good deal on it. Might be able to give it to you for seven fifty, eight hundred $800 or something like that. So I meet with this father-in-law and we walk around the property and it needed a lot of work and it was livable. It was in a nice neighborhood. Everything about it was great. And the, the father-in-law said, well, I guess if you take down this medium-sized tree and clean up the shrubbery in the front, I guess, I don't know, I guess I'll give it to you for free. I was like, what? I just... He had no idea that God was using him. No idea. And so he gives us this free place to live. Now, my family background, my family is, my dad's a retired contractor and my brother knows stuff. I don't know a lot of stuff. I just know a lot of people that know a lot of stuff. <laughs> and so we did our best to honor God and take care of that house to the best of our ability and add value to it. And so we just cleaned it up, took care of it. And God gave us a great season to get out of debt for a young family and not have to work two or three jobs each, which is what we were doing so that we can focus more on building the kingdom of God. Listen, listen, I've never, ever prayed a prayer to get free housing except that one time. I've also never been offered free housing except that one time. Don't tell me it's a coincidence. Don't tell me that's a coincidence. Pray specifically. Why? Because he gets the glory. When I tell this story, God gets the glory. People aren't like, oh, well, this is awesome. This person's awesome. We didn't do it. God clearly did this. This was clearly a move of God. When you pray specifically, he gets the glory. Amen? Fourth thing, pray boldly. Pray boldly. Pray reverently, but make it bold. Hebrews 4, 16, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. You might be asking, well, what's your bold prayer in this season? My, my bold prayer, I have a couple things. One, when you came in, you would have received, at both of our campuses, you would have received uh, this invite card. We're gonna have new service times starting February 5th for all three campuses, Lake County, Apopka, online. Lake County, y'all are gonna move to 9.30 and 11. Uh, Apopka, you're going to move from 8.30, 10, and 11.30. If you're keeping track, we're adding a service here. I'll get back to that. Uh, online, we're going to have 10 and 11.30. So in two weeks, two weeks from today, we're going to adjust. 
My big, bold prayer is that in all five of these services, God would completely fill the room, not just with people, but with his presence. And what I'm praying for, for Apopka, I'm praying that that 830 service, we would have 300 missionaries that would be missionaries for six months and attend this 830 service so that we can free up seats at the other services to be able to reach more people with the hope of Jesus Christ. That's my prayer. My prayer in Lake County, my prayer is that by shifting these service times, that it would ignite something in Lake County that would bring about a fresh move of God. That's what I'm praying for. Another thing I'm praying for, on your way out, you're gonna get this Super Bowl ticket. Some of y'all just got really excited. Let me clarify, okay? If you take this and go to the Super Bowl and you ask the ticket guy to scan this, there's a strong chance you're gonna be disappointed, okay? This is not a real ticket. This is a ticket to Journey Super Bowl Sunday, okay? And here's my prayer. We, we are coming in asking God for one thing and we're praying for one person. And my prayer, this ticket is not for you. This is for that one person. My prayer is that you would take this and you would deliver it and not just invite that person to church, you would bring that person to church on February 12th for Super Bowl Sunday. It's gonna be a great Sunday. We're gonna uh, unpack the gospel. We're gonna have family-friendly things. It's gonna be great. Those are my two big, bold prayers that I'm praying in this season. The fifth thing that we learned from Matthew 15 is to pray desperately. This mom was desperate. The mom was desperate. This next point I'm gonna share with you will prove that I listened to God in my sermon prep because I don't wanna say this. I'm a big Miami Dolphin fan and I have to talk about the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins are rivals. Last Sunday, I thought it was a great Sunday. Everything here. I go home, watch the game. The Dolphins are down to the Bills, 17-0. One of you, accountability partner, text me. Always pray, never give up. <laughs> True story. True story. And guess what? We were down 17-0. Literally after that, the Dolphins got momentum and we started making a game of it but we didn't win. <laughs> if you've not heard this story, I, I want you to listen to this story, what's happening in Buffalo. And I want to give a shout out. We have some online people that live in Buffalo, big Bills fans. And I want to give a shout out to Barbara Hales uh, and her family. Hey, Barbara, great to have you. Listen, you need to soak this up. I'll never say another good word about Buffalo again. <laughs> There's a guy named Damar. Damar Hamlin, he, he got hurt, and, and Newsweek did this video. I want you to just watch this. This happened January 3rd. Check out what happened to him.
listen, if you don't, if you don't know this story, I'm not exaggerating. Prayer went viral that night. Like literally, I have a pastor friend in Colorado. He tweeted this. He said, hey, ESPN, none of us out here would be mad if someone actually prayed on live TV. It's okay. The whole world does it. It's a moment to be human. Ask someone in the studio, a camera person, a producer, Booger, anyone if they want to pray. Booger's one of the guys on the show. <laughs> he didn't know I was going to preach this tweet. <laughs> we just did it at home. Hashtag Damar Hamlin. You see, here's what happened. Because of the injury, the commentators are left speechless. They don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. And it's just awkward. And then after this tweet, this tweet went viral. And after that tweet, it got picked up. So I'm not saying somebody saw it and responded, but I do think it was an answer to prayer. Somebody, a guy named Dan on live TV, prays for the Buffalo Bills, prays for DeMar in Jesus' name. This is Newsweek. Listen, praised after a beautiful prayer for DeMar Hamlin on live. Listen, we are in a season where thoughts and prayers by some have been pushed to the side. And now we're seeing it called praise. He was worried he may have lost his job. Instead, he was celebrated. Every NFL team changed their Twitter profile to this. Every NFL team, every NFL team said, pray. Are y'all understanding? I mean, literally everywhere. Prayer is everywhere because of this. This is what DeMar's uncle says. Dorian Glenn says that he believes the prayers received from everyone in America truly impacted DeMar's miraculous recovery. Why? Why would an entire nation that is sometimes pushing against thoughts and prayers now embracing it? It's one word. It's one word. They were desperate. They were desperate. You see, the entire country and world just saw this tragedy on live TV take place during a game. And anybody on this planet, none of us could help this young man. Nobody. And so what they did when they did what they couldn't do on their own, they went to somebody that can do miracles. This one guy they may have heard of named Jesus. And they said, maybe he could help. Why? Because they were desperate. Amen. They're desperate. And when we are desperate, when we are at the end of the rope, we will lean on prayer. The question is, do we have to have a tragedy to be desperate or can we get there on our own? Don't wait for a tragedy to be desperate. Don't wait for tragic circumstances to be desperate and dependent upon God to move in your life. Like never, never before. So what are you desperate for? What are you desperate for? This mom in Matthew 15, she was desperate for her daughter. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're desperate for your kids. Maybe you're desperate for your parents. Maybe you're desperate for your neighbor. Maybe you were like me in a season. You're desperate to get out of debt. Not for your benefit, but for the kingdom's sake. Because it's biblical. It'll give you margin. What are you desperate for? There was an American pastor visiting Africa because he had heard of revival taking place. 
And the American pastor goes and he sees revival and he's blown away. Thousands upon thousands giving their lives to Jesus. And he has a conversation with the African pastor and he's blown away. And by the look of things, he says, hey, it seems like you're doing the same things we're doing in America, but you have revival and we don't. He said, why is that? I love his response. He said, in America, you believe in God. He said, in Africa, we depend on God. And he said, there's a big difference. Where do we need to move from believing in to depending on? You see, this is what Jesus is saying over and over and over in the gospels. When you are at the end of your rope, that's when he does his best work. But listen, we can get to the, we can surrender. That's what surrender. We can come and surrender without having a tragedy. We can come in and say, God, I can't control my life. I can't control anything. Do you realize right now, God, I cannot even control my lungs. You are doing that. I am dependent upon you. I am desperate for you. I need you. I can't do anything apart from you. When God hears that, he says, okay, he pulls up his sleeves and goes, now I can move. But when you think you could do it without him, we are meant to be dependent on God, not independent from God. And that's the breeding ground of miracles, desperation. What is it that you care about so much that you're willing to keep asking God for it no matter what? We're in a 21-day prayer time. Just add that. Just got This is so important to not only me, but to you. I'm going to keep praying. 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 I'm going to keep knocking. I'm going to keep knocking. I'm going to keep seeking. Because it doesn't just matter to me. It matters to you. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, God, we come before you. I am grateful and humbled, overwhelmed all at the same time that you would that you would invite me to not only sit with you, but that you would even hear my request. And they're not just sometimes small requests, they're big requests. They're even often requests of messes that I've made myself. But God, if we're honest, we're, we're here. We need you, we're desperate. We're not independent. We can't do this without you. We can't even breathe without you. We need you, we want you. And so, God, I don't know what we're desperate for today. Everybody's got something different that they're going through, unique. But, God, would you hear our desperation? Would you hear our cry? And, God, we're not saying that you have to do it our way and our time all the time. We're not saying that. We, we understand your timing. We trust your timing. We trust your ways. But we're still going to cry out. We're still going to lift up our neighbors, our coworkers that thing that we've been wrestling with. And we're gonna pick it back up because silence is unacceptable. And that's what we learn on the cross. You bring dead things to life, would you do it again? Would you do it again? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the weekly podcast from Jordy Christian Church. If this message was a blessing to you, be sure to click the follow button and share it with your family and friends. For more information about Journey Christian Church, please go to journeychristian.com.